Mockingbird from today's guest, Broken Robots. Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is the Broken Robots. The Broken Robots are an amazing band out of Chicago, Illinois. They, oh my god, they're just so they're so unique they 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 they, they travel somewhere between hip hop uh, uh punk uh rock indie I, I don't even know like i don't even know how to put a label on so I'll, i'll try not to do it too much but uh i had such a great conversation with these guys they have such an amazing origin story and you know there's a lot of drug talk in here so trigger warning or whatever Uh, but there is, yeah, there is a lot of drug talk there and it gets heavy. It gets heavy, but it's a great conversation. I absolutely love talking to these guys 
and um and um, they're gonna come back on so that that's 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 the plan we 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 want to do it again and um especially after a year like we, we we talked about maybe doing it again next year so uh, it would be really fun to see where those guys are at in a year, especially after this whole last year and the last 18 months have been sort of wiped clean, um, you know, due to the pandemic. So uh, it would be great to see where these guys are in, in a year. So uh, super excited to uh, for you guys to hear this conversation. And I, I, again, I just absolutely loved talking to them and uh, just super cool people in general. <coughs> Whoa. Hey. <laughs> slow down buddy no need to choke on your own spit uh, oh my god i don't know why i am so i have so much saliva why am i so slavic anyways uh, uh go and check out rain mystique's latest album oh by the way the broken robots will be on in shortly uh but first go to rainmystique.com r-e-i-n-a-m-y-s-t-i-q-u-e.com she has a new song coming out on Monday, July 19, 2021, called Where Are You Now? It is a banger. So go and check it out. You know what? You know what? I'm going to do one better, y'all. Why don't we listen to a portion of Where Are You Now? Where are you And that was a little bit of Where Are You Now from Rain of Mystique. Go and check that out. It is. It will be available this Monday, July 19th, 2021 on all music platforms. And I also included a pre-save link in the show notes. And somehow, some way... That if she gets a thousand pre-saves before the release date, she's gonna wax my legs on stream. So there you go, a little incentive. Go and click around on the link and pre-save. Where are you now, by Rain Mystique? No. Okay. Moving on. Uh, you can also find. Uh, it's funny because I have a release too, July sixteenth, this Friday. Today, actually, today we have Hot Boy Summer is out now so go and click on the link in the show notes and go listen it's funny i think i guess people have told me it's funny i don't know i'll leave it up to you go check it out and um i'll even put the link to the video in it as well so go and check out hot boy summer <laughs> hot off the precious precious wow hot off the press uh, Raina, the sex therapist. Oh, sorry, I'm reading. I'm reading. Uh, I'm reading uh, the the chat as it goes. I'm moderating my wife's chat right now, and it's pretty funny. 
anyways, um, what else have we got? Oh, oh, go and check out our, um, go check out our, uh, our Threadless store. Oh my God, I just got sidetracked and now I'm all off. Go check out our our Threadless store at wespeakenglishgood.threadless.com and go support the show if you like it. Uh, support the show monetarily. We always appreciate that. And again, if we do have any uh, sponsors on the show, uh, please support our sponsors. That definitely helps us as well. Uh, you can go and like, subscribe, review, like us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, uh, TikTok, all of them. The links are in the show notes. You can also uh, subscribe to us on Apple ID tunes spotify uh, uh follow us on spotify or you can sub- subscribe on youtube and or twitch wow i'm just just sucking i'm just sucking this week guys i'm sucking at our intros this week uh okay w- where are we at uh, like subscribe review review leave a review it's a very free and easy thing for you to do just leave a review and i will read it on air and it helps us to be found so please do do that. Uh, write the show at wespeakenglishgood at gmail.com. If you have something to say, I'll read those on air too. All right, guys, that is it out of me. Uh, have a great weekend. Of course, today is Hot Boy Summer Drop Day. You can find the live stream uh, today at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at twitch.tv slash wespeakenglishgood. And that is everything, guys. I will see you on the other side. Enjoy Broken Robots. And just like that, it's done. Hello, friends. Thank you guys so much for... It's amazing. <laughs> oh. The crowd just got me really pumped up, actually. Yeah, though. I'm like, I'm pretty excited. You can't tell because, you know, this is me excited, but I'm pretty excited right now. <laughs> you should, well, I'm ex- excited for this interview. I'm excited as well. Uh, by the way, uh, you know, I, I know I warned you guys that there would be interruptions, but I didn't know that there was going to be an interruption, like, right off the bat. Like, I was going to have to start being Hot Boy Summer right off the bat, so... There you go. <laughs> Yay. But, uh, but I, I mean, guess. the only, the only issue I have with it is I don't know how we're supposed to follow that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of like, that's what sells right there. That was pure fire. So I don't know what pure we're supposed fire. to do now. Yeah. Pure fire. Oh, thank you so much for that. Those kind words. But, uh, I, I still have these fucking sunglasses on Jesus Christ <laughs> hanging off my face. Uh, but I, I thank you. Thank you so much for those kind words and and and, and, and sitting through all, all all of whatever that was. Uh, I appreciate that very much. How are you guys doing today? How are you? How, coffee? Yeah. Yes. Lots of it. <laughs> Lots of coffee. Yeah. You know, I woke up. I don't know. You know, I woke up at like eleven. So nice. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> That's tight, dude. I fucking miss those days. I have a I have a child yeah. now, so th- those days are no longer no longer here so I, i'm awake very early do you both do you you're both? very very awake yeah yes. oh, i'm very go yo I, I don't know it's been, it's been uh very overcast here in uh the chicagoland area for the past few days so you know time is just a concept it's always gray <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're we, we're actually fellow midwesterners uh i'm in toledo ohio which is 
which about the same kind of weather. I think you guys are a little windier, but um, the the but yeah, it's like pouring here right now. So, but but this is yeah. Like, well, I mean, I think you guys are directly in line with our jet stream, so you just kind of get all of our shitty first. <laughs> Yeah, you know? we're all downwind from Chicago's yeah, right. shitty storms. Uh, but that's okay. I don't mind. Uh, the it, I feel like the Midwest is just like this this big mono cloud, and it's like you get you get you get like eighty good days of sun a year, and the rest is just like you live in in in, in semi darkness and 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 weird weather. And, uh, 80 is being generous, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's exactly right. And we hold those days. We hold those days so dear. We do. Yeah. We do. My we, God. It's so true. Um, yeah. The, like, uh, there was a, there's been some good days going around, and, and we've been taking advantage of them. Lovely Lace. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for being here. Oh, you got Famine and Lima? Nice. Uh, Lima's okay. Cartagena. Uh, it's, I mean, it's there. It's it's a place. It exists. Um yeah, there there is a place out there called Lima. Uh, but if anybody has any questions for today's guest, you guys know what to do. Use your fresh bars uh, to ask our guests a question if you are interested. And uh, yeah, so uh, you guys are from the Chicago area. You guys born raised? Is that like your is that your spot, your thing? <laughs> yeah. Um, I grew up in in uh, sort of like northern rural Illinois, and then moved to the city. Uh, in my twenties, mm. but, uh, yeah, pretty much always been here. Yeah. I barely left. It's, uh, it's a place <laughs> <laughs> like Lima. It's a place. I well, yeah. I would I would disagree that Chicago is more than just a place. I I personally love Chicago as a city. I fucking the traffic's atrocious, but like as a city, I love Chicago. I spent a lot of time there, played there. You know, as as a Midwesterner, you know, making my rounds. Uh, so I, I have a deep appreciation for Chicago, but it's just it's like the capital of it's like the capital of the Midwest. So it's like, I don't know. I don't even know what that means, but it's just, it's, you know, like all my friends who, uh, you know, graduate high school, who are just lingering around, not knowing what to do with their lives, ended up in Chicago. You know, it's like, it's like the closest big city that's not Detroit, you know, like Detroit's just like, no, that's, we're, we want to move up in the world, not move over to Detroit <laughs> in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Chicago has empire vibes, yeah. um, you know, so whatever that means, how are you, you know, yeah. how are, you know, you want to like take, but it feels like it here mm. personally has empire vibes. Yeah. The, <laughs> well, well, I mean, shit, when you look at it and you look at like, uh, the empires that were made in Chicago, even from like the crime bosses, you know, the mafia to, mm -hmm. to, to fund mayors and, and governors that, uh, you know, were very powerful for a city, you know, powerful and corrupt. And like, it, I, it's like one of those cities that is big enough to have a history of corruption, you know, it's like, yeah. it's, it's that, that big of a that, city. You know, and that never ended. It just changed. Yeah, oh, it yeah. just changes faces. Yeah. It changes. Yeah, it just it's a different face, same corruption. Just, right. Exactly. Uh, that's like that's it's just a feeling in the air. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of accepted without you know like I don't know if it's you know it's fine though like you know when you grow up here that's like you know I, I can say it's a place but I don't I haven't really left you know it's yeah. it's great there's there's a million Chicago is a million places really yeah. it, you know everywhere around it and within it there's just like a million different cultures and so <clears throat> many so many different scenes and types of people and types of music and it's just 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how to compare it to anywhere else because I feel like I feel like the Midwest in general, it's but especially like the Chicago land area kind of generates um strong work ethic. Almost kind of like unhealthy strong work yes, ethic. Yes. For sure. Where, you know, um, but yeah, that's something that you kind of take with you. Kind of take Chicago with you if you've been here long enough. Like when you if you go out of state, it's just I guess everywhere is like that, but there is something specific in the attitude and uh, don't really like, you know, don't really care for when people fuck with you, you know, that kind of of thing. Yeah. Well, well, like when you see the attitude of Midwesterners towards stuff like, you know, uh, identity politics and stuff like there is definitely like I lived in California for 13 years and then moved back here um, about four years ago now. But like in California, in these coastal places, you know, where they have a different outlook on everything, especially in Southern California, those people are just permanently hot tubbed and, and sunbaked and just they have no idea what it means to like have the have like half the year fucking trying to freeze you to death. You know, like they have no idea what it's like to unbury their car out of like feet of feet and feet of snow. So it's like. Uh, there is just this different attitude and different character out there. But but with that, just the way they outlook and just the way of and, I, you know, I said identity politics, but like it goes on further than that. When you when you talk to people from the Midwest, they generally don't care. And like you were saying, it's like I don't care about him. Heard. I just want to live my life and work my job and come home and do my thing. Uh, and, and I feel like that's something that's sort of. Uh, built i don't know that i think it does sort of come from that hard work thing that hard work ethic that you were kind of talking about and uh, i like how you said to to uh that it could be kind of a negative thing in ways um for me it was like my parents were both very are, are very hard well my dad's dead but uh my point my parents were very hard working people and they projected that and they were like, you got to work hard. You know, that was definitely ingrained. It didn't stick very hard, but, uh, but it did, it did stick hard in the things I like to do. But, um, right. But it's like, you get this, this thing from parents where it's like, especially if you come to a parent and you want to be an artist. Right. And especially if you come <laughs> from a parent and they're, you're from the Midwest and you're like, Hey, guess what? I want to be a musician. And they're like, Fuck you. No, that's not why we worked our asses off to send you to college. Or that's not why we worked our asses. You know what I mean? Um, and so you pointed yeah, so over not- to Kat. <laughs> well, my parents weren't very toxic yeah. about it. They're pretty supportive at, at the end of the day. But but it was still something that, that resonates. You know, it's like, make sure you go to college. So when you... I think- it, please. Yeah, I think Kat definitely dealt with that more than me. Mm. Um Here's a here's a twist in the plot though. I don't know if that's so much Midwestern as much as kind of sexist. Mm. And it's because, you know, I when I brought when I brought my art idea to my dad, it was like, let's go get you a drum set. Right, right. And I expected I thought I thought everybody had it like that. And I'm <laughs> when I talked to her about it, she's like, Oh no, no, no. Well my like, <laughs> my background is very uh eclectic. My mm. my uh, grandmother is actually like fresh off the boat you know, from, uh, from Germany, from the work camps, she was uh, oh, wow. born there in wow. a concentration camp. Holy and then shit. after the war, my family came here and, you know, they're just very, very like blue collar, like you need to get a job. Like, you know, like they wanted me to go to beauty school, you know, and like music's not a real job. And it, <laughs> it totally is a real job. There's so it many different is. things. And, you know, it's so interesting. Like Tony brought up sexism a little bit. And like, part of that is like, you know, like, being part of from, coming from like an old world culture but also like just yeah in music like it, it's easy not to really notice but in music production like 
I think like 5% of music producers are women. Um, Mm. 10 or 20% of audio engineers are women. It's like, you know, it's just a, a whole area of, of, work like it's a whole career that a lot of women never even know exist you know and like men are introduced to this at a much earlier age because they're out playing shows and whatever and uh yeah yeah my my family initially like as a as a hobby they thought it was great but as a job they're like no you know like I started working full-time at a car wash when I was 16 you know like that's like where I come from so it's Mm -hmm. like it's very it's hard for me, I think, to even accept that, like, this is a job sometimes, like, I, like, and doing this is actually, like, like, I have, like, this internalized, like, need to be perfect at it and and need to do more, like, even though it's, like, you know, we're starting to actually get in the groove with this and produce another artist and everything, so. But, you know, growing up and working for other people our entire life, everybody, a lot of, like, everybody, you have, you do get a sense of validation, whether it's because of a paycheck mm. or it's because you're being responsible, you know? So there is like this, like psychological validation that you get that you don't necessarily get, especially in the beginning with art, mm. you know, um, you only kind of get the, the dopamine hits when you see people enjoy your art. You don't necessarily get the security dopamine. Yeah. Uh, so for us, taking that work ethic and and having these experiences in the past working for all these people and getting that specific kind of validation not getting it immediately when it's in art can be uh scary um you know because it comes a di- different it's not it's not ne- nearly as predictable yeah. as like a day job yeah. you know um because you have good months and then bad months kind of thing and that's a whole lifestyle to get used to that's not normal <laughs> and you know what's normal you know so i know i know it's yeah. more, uh, no, no, like, you know, like it's, 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 uh, less secure, but, uh, I, I find more spiritually rewarding. Personally. Well, you have to learn like, you know, with this kind of job, like, okay, I'm going to pay my rent like two months in advance. And now I'm going to like, literally like eat saltine crackers for a week, you know, like, it's like, <laughs> yes. it's like, you know, oh, yeah. so. Yeah, no, no, I, 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 yeah, I completely get that. I, I get that aspect. And it's just like, at certain points, do you. You don't really feel like this is a job. Like like yesterday, I mean, I work for myself doing, you know, this and the podcast and musicians and all this other stuff. Musicians, plural, okay. But uh, the... I, I was thinking, I we went to a bakery at like 11 a.m. and got a, like a whole loaf of this amazing garlic bread. And then I came home and ate like three quarters of a loaf of bread. Just bread! And then I went and like laid. That's me, dude. I feel you. I feel you. I went laid down on the couch. Like, what other job right. <laughs> would I ever have where it's okay to eat a, a, almost a whole loaf of bread? And then you know what? I'm gonna take the afternoon off. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. just lay here and let this process. <laughs> and it's like only this job, only somebody who works for themselves in a in a job like this, where you could just sit there eat almost a whole loaf of bread and, you know, take the the, the, the afternoon off and it, whatever, you know, as long as yeah. I, I'm my, I'm but my that, own. That's, that, that's, t- that's kind of tied into that, like that potential ne- like negative part of it though, you know, mm-hmm. cause like sometimes I, I will do that. I will eat that entire loaf of bread <laughs> and then I will stew on how I'm not doing real work. Yes. Yes. I'm not, I'm not actually a productive member of society. I just mm-hmm. think I am kind of, cause wait. like I'm eating a loaf of bread on the couch. <laughs> Even though I just, you know, her and I just finished working on a project for four hours, hmm. it's because it's not set up like the typical nine mm-hmm. to five yeah. work. It's you know, so we deeply like, ingrained into us. 
yes and yeah. go down those rabbit holes of like man i'm just not i'm you know i'm i'm not good enough kind of thing we like i feel like at what where we're at and building our business and everything it's like we, it's like we're always working and we're never working at the same time yeah <laughs> yes. yeah but it's yes. no but i'm like learning a lot of things about internalized self-worth by doing this and being self-employed because mm. I've worked jobs, like I said, yeah, for 12 years at, at corporations or small businesses or what, what have you, like salary jobs, hourly wage jobs. And like you, you start realizing things when you're working for yourself. Like, like if I take today off because my period cramps are really bad, is that like because I'm lazy or am I just like conditioned to believe that I need to work no matter how sick I am or how bad I feel or whatever family emergency I'm having. Like, I remember like when Tony's dad passed away, you know, rest in peace, like he was working, he never took a day off. And it's like, that's like, like, is that really something to be like, that's awesome. Like good job. Or is that like, is that kind of like, Oh, like maybe like you deserve to. That was actually know? a moment of clarity for me when I realized, cause had been talking about this, that potentially toxic dynamic with working your ass off. And it, it did come right after my dad died a few years ago. And I was like, I was, I was originally proud. I'm like, I only took one day off, you know? Mm. And that was the actual day they put him in the ground. And like, I noticed the reactions I was getting from people were not like, yeah, they were like, okay. Like, yeah, do you need, like, do you need money? Is that what you're saying? Like it was coming off the wrong way. Like, mm. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. weird. It's really weird. Like oh, yeah. I should, like I probably should have taken more time off. That was a pretty uh, intense uh, time. But but my brain was like, no, you know, like go balls, go balls deep with your yeah with your fucking pizza job, dude. You know, <laughs> I was like what but, is that? But that's not it bad. was pizza. But 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 on the other hand, it's like I, I think if you are gonna work at a pizza place, then fucking work at the pizza place. Do your job. Do it well. You know, fucking do your thing. I, and, I hear that. I. I that was that's I'm glad you said that. I did. I actually did. I went what I went ham at that pizza place. Because <laughs> honestly, but you know, you gotta understand, I was coming off of you know being homeless for a half a decade and okay. you know, being on hard drugs. So like I treated this job like it was my own well, it was my only way out at that time because yeah. no one was gonna and so yeah, I did. I just put my nose down and I was like, they want to like offer me management positions immediately. That's well that's that's, that's nice. That that always yeah. feels good. No one ever offered me in management position. <laughs> But that's only because I, I, as a worker, I'm terrible. Like I don't care about if I don't care what about what I'm doing, I, I'm not gonna do it well. And that's why I've sort of just like it, it's either I got to do it like this, or I'm just gonna be a bad worker. And, and uh, yeah, I know I just said if you're gonna work at the pizza place, do it, do it big. That's why I don't work at the pizza place. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's because fucking the totally. pizza place make me want to fucking chew on the end of a fucking gun. You know what I mean? It's just yes. like, oh, my oh God. yes. It's so bad. <laughs> but response, you know what? That's... That response was amazing. By the way, you just both were like, oh, God, yes. Because <laughs> we just know what that is, <laughs> right? We know. that we wrote that's very dramatic that's on our uh, uh, Spotify called sucker punch mm. and it's it's a standalone single we wrote it, it it's like in between the escape artist and our first album we had like a single and it was about working at this pizza place tony and i both worked at this pizza place um <laughs> and tony was such a good employee and i was terrible like i was such <laughs> so like bad and like they couldn't do anything about it because they didn't want to like make it awkward for tony yeah so then... <laughs> they didn't want to lose me so they wouldn't fire her so they would straight up have low-key meetings with me like dude you got to talk to her. you got to talk to her get her under control <laughs> get her under control <laughs> 
It's like, she goes, I go. We're in this together. But honestly, I'll never forget that. Because that job literally financed that first record. So so that's all we did. We just waited tables and went right back to the apartment and recorded. We're grateful and hateful at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's like sometimes you got to do things that you absolutely hate to sort of get to the other side, to get to whatever goal you're doing. Yeah. And it's like, like, like working out is a great example. It's like, I fucking hate sweating and <laughs> and I'm big and I'm dumpy looking and I'm on an elliptical going, <laughs> but I know that if I don't do that, then, then everything else goes to shit. Right. And so it's like, you got to sort of, you gotta, you gotta keep it going. Um, what? I, I kind of, uh, I, how did you guys meet? Because I feel like you guys are talking about, you know, you're talking about drug addiction for 10 years and stuff, and you talk about working at pizza places and stuff. So how did you guys meet and start forming bands and stuff like that? How was, what, what, what's that tale? This is the- Good story. This is the longest answer of any question that you will have today. We got plenty of time. <laughs> Just Please. warn. We got plenty of time. Um. It was like this great intervention of sorts. Tony and I had no idea who each other was. I was like working in sales. I think I was 23 or 24 years old. I was working the sales route like 15 hours a week, just driving around, you know, talking to businesses, sales stuff, you know. And uh, there was this homeless guy who would panhandle on my route back to the office and so I would give him like dollars and cigarettes sometimes if I had anything mm-hmm. on me. I mean, one time I gave him like my organic vegan granola bar Aww. and he never, he like left it on the ground the next day. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I just threw it on the ground. I didn't eat it. Like, oh, I was the like, homeless person was, was Tony. But... <laughs> well, I didn't think she was going to come back the next day and see it on the ground. <laughs> I like, no, but check it out. Okay. So this is a horrible story. Like, I think it's funny <laughs> because it's like my life, but some people, this is pretty intense. But so, um, reeling it back a little bit. Uh, I've had like a pretty rough upbringing. Like, you know, I ended up getting involved in hard drugs when I was 15, 16 years old. Um, my first overdose, I was 18 years old. I overdosed in a public bathroom. Uh, life was saved just very narrowly. On what? If you don't Um, mind. Uh, and, uh, on on what, what was your drug? I'm sorry. What was your drug? If you don't mind. Heroin. Ah, IV heroin. Yeah. Lovely heroin. Yeah. I've had fun with that one too. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, Anyways, please. I'm sorry. I I was just curious. Oh, it's all good. Yeah. uh, So I, you know, I got, I got clean when I was like 18 and I just kind of was, they call it white knuckling in the recovery community through life where I just, I had no idea what's going on. I was like pretty traumatized from my experiences and stuff. And I was just, you know, wanted to do music. Like I said, I had kind of like a, family that wasn't necessarily like super supportive of that idea as a career and so i ended up kind of giving up on it going for the the easy life you know the the or what i thought was the easy life the the sales job you know was in this relationship with this guy who was cheating on me but i was like that's what men do so i'm just gonna deal with it you know and that was my perspective on life at the point it was dark and sad you know and and i I reached a certain breaking point with the sales job and everything i remember yeah so i'm like 23 24 this homeless guy i see him i know he's on drugs because you just know you know and so i like one day i pulled my car over i walk up to him and i'm just like hey what's up he's like what's up and that's when i saw the granola bar (laughs) (laughs) but i was like asshole i was like (laughs) 
<laughs> I was like, uh, you know, why are you out here? What's your deal? And he, he told me his honest and I was like, okay, cool. I'm like, you know, can you get me some drugs? And he's like, no. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, what if I give you like $50? And he was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> that works. Yeah. <laughs> so like long story short, we end up taking these drives, like during my, you know, my sales work days, like into the, the city and buying these drugs. And, and I just get back wrapped back up in drugs and, my life falls apart and I lose my job and I end up like, you know, breaking up with the, the guy I'm with and just like, kind of like falling apart entirely, burning down my entire life because I hated it anyways. And I wanted to like, at least have fun on the way out, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was sort of like, like I said, like a divine intervention because we started doing these drugs together. And then like, because we were spending all this time going like driving together, we would talk a lot about music. And I, I come to find out like Tony had been in bands, did audio engineering or so he said, I don't know. He's just a homeless guy. So I don't know. <laughs> this guy's just like, yeah, I'm fucking yeah. famous in Japan. He's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, I used to be in a band with Bob Breyer from My Chemical Romance. I was like, okay. Right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Good. No, but yeah, and then I, you know, because I had, yeah, I had a whole thing before I had ever met her. Um, bands are like, you know, way back in the day, and um, but engineering and producing was always something I've been, I've been doing my almost my whole life, you know, since I was like fifteen. Um, and I had a, quite a few experiences and stuff like that. Um, I went out to Arizona in two thousand five to make it official and get like a certificate so I could get a job, even though I was a pretty good engineer at that time already. What um, school was that? conservatory crafts oh. out in arizona okay okay um, yeah great school awesome awesome yeah school. they're they're like pretty well known right yeah yeah i mean yeah, like they're like full sale like the, uh they're like the competitor of full sale i gotcha. guess kind of yeah yeah okay same idea okay um so, i got a job before i even finished school out there with a, a corporate gig uh touring like cover band paid really well and everything so i was like pretty set up um but i had acquired like a pretty nasty xanax addiction Oof. um well, yeah, well, before I went out and while I was out there and, uh, you know, cause I, well, <laughs> I was also drinking too much. Um, they the usually time. go and, hand uh, in hand, right? Like drinking and Xanax, which it's, yeah, like the wor- it's the worst combination though. It's like, it's like you're guaranteed to blackout. Let's oh, yeah, go. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. There's That's no question. If you um, want to blackout tonight, it's happening. It's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that. I went through all that and I got started getting homesick and uh, I wound up coming back after about two years, but the homesick was really because I ran out of Xanax and, uh, <laughs> and I didn't know. You weren't homesick. You were dope sick. So. At this time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I am fucking serious. I didn't know anything about withdrawal at this time. Homesick. Yeah. Homesick. Yeah. No dude, you're with your detoxing. But anyway, right, so yeah. I, uh, I wind up coming back to Chicago area. Um, and in fact, I moved right in with Lonnie. Uh, the bass player in the band and it's like the shitty little shack on Austin and, uh, and, and, uh, Berwyn. Um, anyway, um, I, I, I just get more and more and more depressed. And this comes back to like a whole lot of stuff I never dealt with when I was younger, didn't know how to cope. And then, uh, my drinking picked up back up again. And then I got introduced to uh powder heroin and I never looked back I, 10 years went by and I 
I just burned everything down. I don't know what happened. What, and, and I met her. What year was the was that happening? Like 2008, I want to say. Wow. That's no, 2007, both, 2007, 2008. There's like a weird thing with Tony and I. Like our parents both like lost their houses about the same year. We both started using drugs like heroin, street mm -hmm. heroin the same year. It was really weird. Even though we have like a, you know, 12 year age difference. It's like, it's like we didn't, we didn't know each other. It's just like, it's just right. strange that all of a sudden like we're both using like, especially since at the time he was like 27, 20, like it's weird that like you don't usually hear people just like starting to use heroin that late like usually it's much younger yeah right yeah well wow. i went yeah i went like you know what, what whatever that was eight or ten years and uh just moving all around just being homeless and doing that um, and I can i just like, stop you one second I, please put a pin in that because we got a question from the from yeah. this chat and was they what they were asking was the house was the housing loss because of the stock market crash of um, yes. it was, well, in my case, it was because my parents, it was because of the predatory loans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah. the, the, the whole market crash of 2008, yeah. it, it was like a, a big deal thing where everybody was flipped upside down in their mortgages mm -hmm. and couldn't afford their houses anymore. Like, and at the same time that was happening and kind of destroying morale and physical houses like heroin was just kind of right. like that big wave whoosh, yeah you know and uh, and the fentanyl um, didn't the fentanyl start peering around that time or that was a couple well, years later her and i thank god man uh yeah. her and i got out of the game right as the fentanyl was hitting we we started doing it but yeah. that was in 2016 yeah was when it really started hitting the west side out here mm -hmm. and then uh because we noticed the difference and i don't mean to be too graphic and i apologize for any um <laughs> bring it any recovering addicts, you know, um, uh, in fact, I want to like kind of disclaimer this because I'm going to, you know, there might be some imagery and I don't, I do not want to like mess with anybody up. Yeah. Trigger yeah. warning, trigger warning, yeah, everybody. Oh, with that said, with that said, um, I kind of lost my train of thought. Can you help me the out? The first time the fentanyl came Yeah. Around. The first time the fentanyl came around, Kat and I noticed it and we had a very, very high tolerance at the time and for us to notice a difference we knew something was going on. We didn't I know remember, what it was. I remember Tony grabbed my arm because he went first and he I grabbed went, my arm and he was like, He's like, oh shit. He's like, be careful. And I'm like, I was yeah, like, be careful with that. Okay. Like, yeah. So I'm sorry about that. But that's that's how we knew something was changing in the game. Were and, you guys uh, using intravenously? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tony's got a lot of scars from yeah, it. Yeah, my hands. I can only use three of my Look guitar playing hands. This oh is stuck God. like this. You can't. Yeah, this can't finger can't it. won't go back ever. And that's so from just shooting. I can't really use that finger anymore when I play guitar. What the but, fuck? Um, Dude. Yeah, right? Yeah. I know. That's from that's up. That's from shooting into your hand. Yes. Show them the Africa. Oh yeah. No, this one. Yes. Yeah. So don't oh, do drugs. Don't do drugs, kids. Do Check drugs. it out. Oh my god, dude, you went hard. Okay, you yeah, were hard. Yeah, I went really hard. <laughs> okay, okay. So yeah, I, I got one little one here, and it's like, oh, I better hide that. <laughs> yeah, I got that one and this one over here, but <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, well, yeah, man, that's deep. really awesome that you uh, that you put it down too. That's really great. Yeah. Well, it was uh, either that or die. <laughs> Right? It's that simple. You know, yeah. it's crazy. And so, also, I was um, trying to date a girl I really liked, so I didn't want to be an asshole. But yeah. There you go. Anyways, I, was, I keep interrupting, but I want to... No, no, this is great. Um, so, yeah, I went through... Uh, what, where was I at? Um, the, yeah, it got, it got really bad, and then we started getting in trouble with the law. Hmm. Um, you know, just... A we, lot of friends started dying. It well, was yeah, like, people were just dropping like flies it around. It was us. the most terrifying five years. Like, trying to stay clean the past five years as i told you i came from like rural northern illinois like right. rural suburban illinois and for some reason that area like where i'm from got really slammed and i have pictures of me and 
kids that I was in high school with or pictures of my brother and his friends. And like, it's crazy. Cause it'll be a picture of like seven kids. And I'll look at the picture. I'll be like, Oh, there's only one person alive in this picture. Or two people are still alive for in this picture. It's crazy. Yeah. Like people dropping like flies at 17, 20, 22, 23, like on their birthdays. Like it, it was insane, you know, yeah. with this, this fentanyl and everything like, and yeah, the police were closing in on us. Like, what what were Just you guys snapping us on possession charges? We weren't really uh we weren't doing it we like really selling or anything. Yeah, we weren't like being criminals, but they just uh, they don't cops just don't really care for homeless uh heroin addicts. I, I, uh, I should be in prison right now, honestly. <laughs> oh, I would. I went. Oh, oh I went. well there you go. Well I, only, yeah, only... I had to take well go ahead. I went I went because I couldn't, I really couldn't stop using the rehabs mm-hmm. weren't working. I just I my threshold was like six months and I would I would you know, fall off. Wow. So the, the second time her and I got arrested together, um, I think she bonded out, but I, I told the judge that I'm like, I, I need to go to, to the joint cause I can't quit, you know, and probation won't work. And he said, and he's like, all right, that's, uh, you know, that's admirable. And, um, so yeah, he said he, I got a year, but you know, I only had to do six months and then I got two months good time. So I was, I was out in four, mm. but it totally helped. It yeah. totally like kind of punched me in the face, you know? Was was that was that a rough stint for you? Those four months was that a hard thing for you to um, do? Not in the way you might think. Not in mm-hmm. the way Hollywood right. might have you think. But it was rough in my own way. Mm-hmm. My but I needed it. It was like my own tough love yeah. for myself. I knew I had to go through it. Stateville was rough. Stateville is the place you go before you get sh- shipped out to the to the real prison. Mm. It's where it's the in between place from county, and it's a it's a full max. It's twenty four yeah. and zero. If anyone knows, that means you're. You're right. You don't get out of yourself yeah. 24 hours in and that's it. And then you get a uh, 30 minutes a week for a shower. So the insanity part definitely happened. I, I was hallucinating and everything else. Like you, oh. it's not normal to be in a, in a room, a nine by whatever room, you know, for that long. Um, yeah. I think that, that the solitary confinement is way more damaging psychologically than people realize. Um, yeah. I hallucinated pretty badly on like my second or third day in solitary confinement when I first came into jail. Whoa. And I had thought that it was from coming off the drugs, but it, I don't know, man. It's like when you're in like a little cell like that and it's just, it's, it does something weird to your brain. Yeah. I, I think that there's actual studies that back that up where, where it, it drives people insane. Like the idea that, uh, that you're going to teach someone a lesson by putting them by themselves seems a little ridiculous when you know that that's, it's just uh, the amount of stress. I mean, a baby needs to be held or it dies, right? So that, I mean, how much does that speak to how much humans need humans? You know what I mean? Like if, if a baby right. is not held, it dies. We need each other and to sort of separate each other. I mean, that's just fucking, it, it's cruelty, man. It's cruelty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I went to this, I did this thing. <clears throat> I got out um, and Kat and I hadn't seen each other for a few months. And I, uh, I got a, I got a job flipping burgers and she was still out doing that bullshit. But I, I was, I was actually trying to, uh, to get my shit together, but I was kind of falling apart in my head. I really didn't know what was going on. I was kind of white knuckling it. And, uh, cat really fell apart when I went away and she was out there really bad. And then, uh, her probation was running up. She knew she was running out of options. She was like really bad shape. And then she went to uh, a place called Haymarket in Chicago. to rehab. And at the mm. same time, we weren't really talking much, but at the same time, I kind of got into some shit with my PO because I left like uh, the three quarter house that I was at 
and I wound up getting high and I had to admit it to my PO because I was, I was living out in Dixon with my dad. Ironically, that's the pri- where I went to prison was in Dixon. Oh, and that's a whole nother sub a whole nother story, which is crazy. My dad lived in the same place his entire life and then moved to Dixon, Illinois out of nowhere. <laughs> At the same time I was being sentenced to Dixon and he had no idea I was going to Dixon. Whoa. So, and it was like, it's like 200 miles away. Wow. So it's, really intense like i don't know how that happened so my dad actually got to visit me at the joint which was super surreal and uh i'm like what are you doing here he's like i literally live down the street now what the <laughs> fuck and uh it was really weird it was really really surreal so anyway um back yeah i get out and then i, I get in a little trouble with my po i'm staying out with my dad and uh i call haymarket to try and get a bed not knowing she was there oh wow and i call and they're like uh We'll call you back the second we have a bed ready. And I was like, all right. <clears throat> the next day, the phone rings and it says, hey, Marcus. So I think it's them. And I'm like, hello. And it's her. She's like, hey, Tony. I'm like, whoa, what's up? I call him from detox at that same rehabilitation center. So I had the same phone number. And I'm I'm like, this is my brain's kind of like, what yeah. the hell's going on? And she's like, hey, why don't you come here and get help? Are you on, on that bullshit? I'm like, yeah, I just fell off. And she's like, come on, come get help. And I was like, let's do it. So I really did. And then I put the phone down. And then like the next day I checked in. And I saw my PO and he's, and he, you know, he knew I was there, so he wasn't going to send me in, you know, to violate me. And I never looked back. That was it. And her and I connected, reconnected at rehab. We did our own individual programs. You know, they, men and women are are separate. They were, they were pretty respect. They were pretty cool though. Cause they knew we, her and I had a relationship before we came in. So they were kind of like loose on some of the rules. You know, if you meet while you're there, if you meet someone while you're in rehab, they're like, hell no. It's usually not you know? not good news. But uh, I mean, it's usually not good news. Like if you like do drugs to somebody and then you're like, let's be normal people together now. Like usually that's not a great thing either. We're kind of it's all going to work out cool. great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be great. It's like, like, we're like that, you know, like we're very aware of like the methadone clinic couple stereotype. Mm. Like, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, no, I'm, I'm been in that and, situation, and, you know. Though not knocking any maintenance medicines because oh, like, no, you know, she I, was on maintenance for like a year after yeah. and I, I did Vivitrol. Our program that we did was really like we did, we each did rehab, like intense inpatient rehab, which is basically like inpatient hospitalization with group meetings and, you know, a lot of like evaluations and they make sure that you're not, you don't have any diseases or anything, you know, right. they, they, they help figure out health insurance for you. We, we live in Illinois too. And Illinois has like, uh, really good health insurance programs for people. Well, not really, really good, but you know, like better than nothing health insurance programs for poor people. So that right. really saved us, I think Yeah. not to get too political, but um, <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we both went in there and we each did one, one month of inpatient rehabilitation. And then we did something called a halfway house, which is essentially like half hospitalized, half regular life. And we each did that for about three months. So it's basically like you live like a very, very like scheduled life. You have chores, you have to like do these groups, but then like they give you a chance to like get jobs, go out to meetings and talk to regular, like other sober people in the real world, you know, like give you a little bit more freedom. So we did that for three months. So it was like four months of that. But then we ran out of, that's it. And then you kind of got to like figure out, figure your shit out, you know? And uh, that was right around the time we, I, I had gotten that job at the Pete's place. Mm. and. Uh, and she was working too. And so we, no one could, would rent to us because we were, you know, fresh. We literally got an Airbnb and I paid, we paid them up front for a month and uh, we got a deal for it. 
And so we had 30 days to like find a place for real, you know? And then, uh, we were blessed. We were blessed. Cause like a lady I work with, um, named Sandra, she, it's funny. Cause her and I like didn't get along and, um, she's like this little Mexican lady and she's just like the sweetest thing. We had like some culture clash and everything else. And like, we just, we just didn't like each other. We're like, we were, cause we're both kind of headstrong. Right. <clears throat> He's feisty. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we wound up becoming really good friends. I just made an announcement like the last week of our Airbnb at work. I'm like, all right, if any of you guys know my story, I'm like, I, I'm me and my at the time girlfriend are looking for a place and uh, we're kind of running out of options. And Sandy out of everybody like came up to me afterwards. She's like, Hey, I got this apartment in Rogers park. Um, why don't you come in, in and move in with me? Yeah, if you guys really like, need a place. That's like North Chicago, North Chicago. And uh, I, she's like, you can come look at it tomorrow. I'm like, no, I don't need to. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. We're good. We're and, moving uh, in. We're taking it. Exactly. Yeah. So we were there for like a month and she's like, yeah, you guys really need this place by yourself. Would you rather, would you rather have it be by yourself and the rent double? Yeah. We were going to be roommates, but I think it was just like kind of awkward first. So she was like, you yeah. Know. And, and so which was cool. So she was, she ended up getting her place like right upstairs. upstairs and we ended up like just staying in contact and everything, you mm-hmm. know? And that's where Ken, I built the first studio in that living room and bedroom in there. And that's where we recorded the whole first record. The yeah. home is not a place record. I was working mm-hmm. as a cook at uh, this restaurant called the Chicago diner. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, it's a vegan restaurant. Oh, right on. <laughs> Hell yeah. But uh, yeah, I was working, I was working there full time and Tony was working at the pizza place and we just like were we were we were not making that much money you right. know enough to pay the bills and then like a little bit extra and we were just taking every little bit extra that we had and buying equipment off of Craigslist Hell buying yeah. equipment off of you know reverb um talking to different different people and getting like free old equipment we got like some free old equipment from a church from somebody that Tony worked for yeah, we, still have some. We, still have, yeah, we have like we have this like PA from the 70s that we use <laughs> Because we got it from a church. I think I saw somebody asking about if we had ever thought about writing a book. Or yeah, and, uh, we got we, a couple of questions I want to get to. Oh, do we? Yeah, we do. Um, again, everybody. Uh, yeah. Again, everybody. It, it helps me keep everything organized. If you guys uh, use the fresh bars, so I could see the questions directly. But but I got a uh, we got another question. But yeah, uh, please answer uh, Bonnie's question if you'd like. Uh, any plans on a book or? Or anything to kind of tell your story? Yes, I yes. think so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're doing the music thing pretty yeah. hard right now, so uh, there's really no time to. And I think uh, maybe trying to find a creative way to tell it mm-hmm. rather than just a like a first just person a, narrative. Just yeah. a standard book, yeah. You know, so like we're, we definitely want to, though. We just want to be creative about it and right. it, make, make sure that it's interesting from the beginning and, it, and that it's not uh, in any way. Uh, a glorification of the yeah. events you know so. that's that's the tricky thing with, with what we're doing because we don't like we laugh about it now mm-hmm. you know and it's funny and sometimes it sounds like kind of crazy and like chaotic good but it's like you know it's really like it was really painful experience for us so we we, we are going to write a book about it eventually you know we talk about it a lot in interviews and everything right now we're definitely focused on the music and doing the things in life that we missed out on yeah rather than spending too much time living in the past because sometimes we can do that and get down, you know, down on ourselves. So I think maybe in the future, there will come a time, maybe, maybe five years from now, mm-hmm. um, where we, we will go more, more in depth into that, but it will be a whole journey, I'm sure. So. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Bonnie or uh, your favorite today 
Thank you so much for that subscription. Did I put did I put your friend Bonnie as the did I thank Bonnie or did it your favorite today? Thank you so much for that sub. And of course you get just like the e-girls, you get your name on my arm. So I'm just gonna put today because your favorite today is super long. Hope you don't mind. There you go. Now, now I hope you feel special. Uh, I would shake my uh, my my uh, breastuses at you, but uh, I do not have very big ones. So, next time, your favorite today. Uh, Amaranth is back, by the way, everybody. Indie Fox and Amaranth is not banned anymore. They're back in at it, back in action. So there you go. Uh, we had another question for you guys. Uh, it was from Cartagena. Your favorite today. Thank you for that. Woo. I appreciate it. Cartagena asks if you have any advice on helping someone quit. Yes. I think, uh, you know, a, a big thing that people talk about in recovery is having like a moment of clarity and taking advantage of those is important because they will happen like where you're using and you suddenly like have like, that dark feeling that's like, Oh wow, this is not what I should be doing with my life. And I think like a lot of people are afraid of that feeling and like it, it can trigger you to want to use more, more. to get rid yeah. of it. But when you embrace that and you start like, that's the first step is like embracing that, like realization that what you're doing is causing you pain in your life and causing you to feel worse than you would without it. And then going forward from there, um, and keep, keep, keep going because it's not going to be linear. Like recovery, recovery is not linear. You know, we, we tried quitting. I went to rehab in the year of 2016 alone. I went to rehab seven different times, like all state funded rehabs, as many as I could like trying, you know, and having this internal struggle, you know, I, I had like a, I had like a six year hiatus from drugs and I slipped back into it and then pulled back out, you know, and and being able to like value yourself and understand that like what you're going through isn't like inherently an issue with who you are as a person, but it's like, it's an illness, just like cancer or diabetes. And you have to treat it by going and doing these things and trusting the process. Like, you know, I'm, I'm almost coming up on six years right now and I do not follow any, I don't read any books anymore. I don't go to any meetings. I don't go to AA meetings. Um, I am a fan of marijuana. It's legal in the state now, so I can feel comfortable smoking it. <laughs> and uh, I think it's good for me. Uh, I don't drink alcohol. You know, I found my own form of recovery. Mm. And I think that's important too. Like I, sometimes people hyper-focus on being perfect in recovery where it's like, you can't drink, you can't smoke, you yeah, can't yeah, have yeah. caffeine, you can't have any of this or that. Yeah. And it's like, how about we just like... And if you screw up, you got to start all over. Yeah. You know, it's like, Jesus, calm down. You know, I understand the urgency in some of it, you know, mm -hmm. things like, like a lot of drugs, like it is urgent to quit them, but it's like, let's, you know, sometimes start with this stuff. That's like, as the, the, the most dangerous stuff first, and then go from there and see what, what is beneficial to you and, and what you can live with and without and, and make, make your own kind of way through it because yeah, having to, having a framework is good. And I, I do believe for me, it was very important that I stayed completely sober my first year of recovery. I was on a uh, maintenance medication called mm -hmm. Suboxone, mm -hmm. which I, I recommend to some people in Bro, the, the, that shit got me through some shit. It saved me with the last time I came off of dope. It was the, 
it was literally that and weed that that got yeah. me fucking clean. And I was the yep. same way. I, I, well, I don't know. You said you don't go anymore, but I, I never went and got help. And which I actually wish because I stopped doing heroin. And then a couple of years later, I stopped drinking. And I wish I would have actually went into a treatment program because of the residual. Who was left after I got off drugs was this like broken shell of a human being who was like oh, mad yeah. and sad and erratic and fucking uh, also like a baby was on the way. My dad just died. My hair is falling out. And oh, God, I'm 30. So it's like, yep. it's like all this wow. around sobriety. And so it, it was, uh, I'm very thankful that I have sobriety, but it was something that, I, but looking back now, uh, my sister uh, was, uh, she went through treatment program and she went to AA and it really helped her. And uh, I was so against it for so long because of that whole higher power thing. And I was like, what yeah. are you fucking talking about? I was like, get this shit out of my face. Uh, and, and and like, I remember she took me to an, uh, an AA meeting and I stood up and I was like, yeah, I'm an alcoholic, but... Uh, I don't want anybody to congratulate me that I stopped because no one should be congratulated for 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 not being a piece of shit. So th and that's what I said in front of a whole group of people, and <laughs> and they're just like, okay, buddy, you know, like, and they probably yeah. hear that shit all the time, you know. But it it was it was that thing for me where like. Uh, it was just that time, like like my wife was over it, and I just had to move on, and I, I just quit cold turkey, white knuckled it, and you know throughout these last few years of of you know sobriety, in which I won't, I'm not sober, I smoke fucking Halloween, but like it's, it, but but through the abstinence of narcotics and alcohol, um, if I would have had some sort of direction and what to work on with myself, I think I would have been a lot better off. To where now it's been like seven, eight years, and I'm just now reaching a place where I'm actually like stable-ish. Uh -huh. And the in the final ingredient was dun, 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 drugs. Fucking yeah. uh, psych yeah. medications. Psych medications fucking helped me tremendously. And and it's only yeah. been a few months. And and so it took me almost till I was 40 to really start to get to a place of real recovery and real like becoming the person that I probably should have been instead of trying to erase them with drugs and alcohol you know like like I feel like I, the whole my whole 20s was me just going uh just just you know blurring through like all the depression and anxiety yeah, yeah and you're just like fucking I'm partying and you think it's partying yeah. but then you can't go out unless you're partying you know I can't go to the bar out being drunk kind of fucking madness before I go to the bar. Exactly. Because I got to save money for dope later, bitch. What exactly. the fuck? Are <laughs> I bring my oh, own I, I bring my own liquor to the bar. I don't give a fuck. You know, I'm doing whatever I got to do and and and, then, and and that's just oh, how I it works. But but you, you guys, know You guys sound like you have parallel lives. <laughs> well, you know. I mean, I think a lot of us do, right? Like I think there's just yeah. a lot yeah, of stories sure. like that. But but I really do wish I would have got treatment. And and that's one thing when people ask me about it, it's like Seek treatment however it works for you, whether it's NAAA, whether it's talking to your fucking mom, whether it's fucking talking yep. to your wife, whether it's talking to a professional, whatever the help is. But like do seek help because if you're this deep into something and that where you don't have control over it then what's left afterwards is not going to be an ideal place for you to be in because you're going to always be in this sort of state of fucking 
what would you call it? Just the heightened state of anxiety. Like you just like when you when you're first, especially when you're first coming off drugs, you're just it's just everything. Like you were saying earlier, right? Like when you got out of prison, you're just fucking. You just it's like you're not even a real person. You're just in this like fucking daydream. You have no idea like where to even begin, and it's just. Such a journey, <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, but yeah. like having I mean, a little yeah, no, guidance hard doesn't help. Is, is hard drug use is very much like a prison. It really mm -hmm. is. You can't, you just can't seem to get out of it, you know, and yeah. it's just like, and it's just a never ending loop. Back to the question about what can you do to, yeah, to kind of quit? I'm piggybacking off both of you. I think for me personally, the biggest thing is what you guys both addressed, which is get help, but know that more now than ever, there are more options than ever, yeah. more different styles, more different types of recovery that might suit you. Yeah. You know, it's not like one, one or that's it, you know? So I, I think that's really important because it can be very overwhelming to see, you know, not knowing what Avenue. Cause like, yeah, I don't do NA now, but I certainly did it my first year of recovery. I needed that fellowship and like, I needed that kind of accountability. You well, know? and seeing people and that there is like a way out. I think that's why like us just existing is important. And some, a lot of people don't get it. Like, they're like, I don't understand the big deal. Like broken robots. Like, why do you guys always talk about this stuff? You know, a lot of people, a lot of our, like some of our fans are like, you know, we don't even care anymore. And it's just like, but there are people out there who do need to hear repeatedly that like you can be a shitty person and do shitty things and like, you know, do drugs and be homeless and like lose your way entirely and have to start over completely at the age of 25 or 36, you know, and you can still make it out. Okay. Within a, a few years, you know, I think it's important for people to know that like we were literally working shitty jobs like three years ago, we literally lived in an Airbnb six years ago, you know, and now we have this whole setup yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. yeah and, and like that's the thing it's like i was just having a conversation with somebody the other day it's like starting over is not always a bad thing and and like i've done it so many times in my life now and it's like starting over it, like you and rebuilding is like it is a beautiful thing and a lot of people hate to like think about that is like you know, they have their routines, they have their lives set, and then they think about a big change or, you know, change in that routine or like, and it freaks people out. And I think starting over is one of those things that people just fear. Like no one wants to start at the bottom, even if you're fucking, if you put yourself there. And, uh, but, but I mean, I think like if, when you're dealing with these kind of things like addiction and, and trying to get your life together, it's like, uh, rebuilding is like the best thing you can do, you know, and, and, and when you're down in those pits and you're looking up and you're just like, how the fuck do you get out of here? It's like, well, it's fucking one, one step at a time, motherfucker. Yeah, it's like, it really is. it's one piece of gear at a time. It's one minute at a time yeah. that you, you're staying away from drugs. It's like, it's one thing at a time and, and you just take your time Improve by 1% every fucking day. I think that's a, a like one of the best things I've ever heard is uh, and someone was talking about streaming. They were talking about streaming on Twitch. It's like improve your stream at least one percent every day. But I like the idea of improving yourself one percent every day because it's not you're not putting this huge pressure on yourself to be like fucking Jesus or anything. You know, it's like you fucking you're you're just every day. I'm just gonna try to do it better, or I'm gonna try to fucking you know uh, do. 
you know, improve on this business I'm working on or improve my stream or improve my music abilities. It's just, you're just trying to do better every day. And, and that's how you dig yourself out of fucking, out of a hole, you know? It's just, just little small increments. Don't overwhelm yourself. Uh, but then again, people like me like to dive into things like head first. So like, so oh, right to 11, <laughs> right to 11 motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's no uh, in between and that's the no. problem, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that what you guys did. So then when did the band come into play then? So, you know, you guys went through this um, big so, thing. Yeah. <clears throat> I think Kat went, just went to grab some water, no but, um, <clears throat> Yeah, no, we, we, we had that job. Where was I? Yeah. And then we, all right. So we got the apartment and then, um, yeah, Kat and I, uh, I was kind of like planning on writing, like, uh, doing like some just simple indie rock stuff by myself. I have a couple songs that I, I did, I did, mm -hmm. but honestly th those worked out really well because I kind of got my chops back engineering and, um, cause it's been a minute, you know, and I've been running pro tools for a long time. I, I it was kind of like riding a bike. Yeah. yeah. So you got to retune so, your ears, uh, man. What's that? You got to retune your ears. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All this stuff. The, the keyboard shortcuts, all the things, you know? Yeah. So uh, anyway, so w we started writing, um, I would say, a few months after we had the whole setup. Uh, the first one we did was called Slow Motion, and it's on the first album. It was just a trippy acoustic thing. And uh, we just started writing these songs because we noticed we got a lot of relief from it and like gave us something to do. Because right around this time was there was probably like six months into our recovery, so you kind of start getting a little squirrely and thinking that you're cocky and or you're kind of cocky and thinking that you know. So it was just kind of good for us to stay in the apartment and kind of remain humble and just write music. And, and then every time we'd have a song done, we put on a SoundCloud and show everyone at work, and we were getting really like really pumped up. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't know. You want to take it from there? I don't know. Or he's asking about how we started. How it started? Oh yeah. Well, at first, Tony and I were writing our own separate music. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right, yeah. yeah um, and then yeah, we started started working on stuff together, and yeah, nothing was ever supposed to be like this is our band and this is our concept. Like we, our first album is honestly just like the top ten of all of the thirty some things that we were working on over the course of a year okay um we were estranged from our family um so we really didn't have anything else going on besides work and music and we were just building the studio and it was like i was learning how pro tools worked tony was trying to get his chops back and it was like very casual that first album just like writing it was like almost like we were like catching up on lost time like writing all the songs we wanted to write you know mm -hmm. yeah um so that first album, that's, you know, there's a lot, it, there's a laid backness to it. I think and the lyrical content isn't meant to be taken super seriously. Um, it's a lot of it is just train of thought lyrics. Um, some of it's just reflecting on things, you know, uh, the sonics are all over the place. Some songs sound more electronic. Some, some songs are like reggae. Some songs are like, emo <laughs> you know i was gonna ask you guys about that because you guys do seem to visit a lot of genres in your play and by the way uh tony your fucking your mixing skills are excellent i really dig like how you really dive into like that east coast hip-hop feel and and like especially with the drums and stuff you guys can smoke yeah. on camera if you want I, unless you're against that but you guys are okay <laughs> is that a pickle it's pickle rick pickle rick <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's a bowl. Yeah, it, I can't smoke on stream because I'm in Ohio oh. and it's, no, no, you guys can because oh, oh. you guys are right. in a legal state. I can't right. because these are like, this is the stupidest shit about Twitch and stuff is that there's wow. so, many, there's so many stupid fucking things. Like I love Twitch as a platform and like I spend way too much time on it as well. But it's like, yeah, you know what? Shut up behind the suit. Fucking Canadians with your fucking, your fucking healthcare for everybody and fucking legal weed, whatever. Fucking, why don't you go f speak French somewhere, okay? Mon ami. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, buddy. Um, but, but yeah, it's like, it, it's just stupid. It's just a lot of dumb stuff. Like, you can't say, I almost said it. You can't say, I'm not gonna certain say words. You can't say certain words, which I don't mind, but the words are so stupid. Like it's not even a bad word. It's not even like it's not it's not like calling, you know, the gays out of their name or something. You know what I mean? Like I it's it's nothing bad like that. It's literally it it sounds like shrimp, but it but not shrimp. And and it means to to provide money to people oh. in hopes of getting something out in like sex or a relationship wow. out of term. in turn. So yeah, you can't say that, uh, like gays. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean, I, didn't, I, I but I, I'm just saying, I, I, I was just trying to tell you guys that it's not like a terrible, no, you can say weed, you can say weed, you can't say, it sounds like shrimp, you, it sounds like shrimp, but it sounds like pimp, almost, it replaced the P with an S, and that's what I can't say. Which oh, is, wow. yes, oh, yes, it's so, I thought it was pimp. No, it's not pimp. It, but oh, don't say it. I can't say, say it. I can't say it either, my, right? My fucking, no. someone just, no, the other day, my, my friend, which I don't even want to bring it up, but he said the fucking F word, and it's not, it's not fuck. He said the F oh. word, just being a fucking dick, and I was like, you asshole, I'm, and I deleted oh, yeah. the VOD. He's like, what the, we're talking about freedom of speech, but I was like, just because we're talking about freedom of speech doesn't mean you got to go around fucking insulting people and be a rude motherfucker, you know? So it's like, yeah, right. there's exactly. a difference between, you know, speaking freely and then not fucking speaking like a cocksucker, you know? Like, you just... Yeah. It's, I'm it's, glad that you can say cocksucker. Yeah, but you can't say the other thing, which... <laughs> it's just insane. It's insane. The R word, yeah. Yeah, I think he said the R word. Yeah, the R word's out too, and I think he said that too. Another reason why I fucking deleted the fucking VOD. Yeah, I mean, just because it's free freedom of speech doesn't mean you gotta fucking have hate speech. And he wasn't, he was, I know what he was doing, and he's not a hateful person, and I know him personally. It's just that he was pushing the limits because he thought it was cute. And I'm like, this is how... I'm making money, you asshole. Don't fuck yeah. this up for me. <laughs> you fucking yeah, crap. language is... Yeah, you but, gotta be careful with stuff. It, but it's a weird thing. And, you know, like, your guys' music, you guys touch on social issues as well. You know, like, I... I you know, like... Can I show you guys a video real quick? Do you guys mind? Yeah. Uh, um, let me show you guys something. There, uh, fucking, you guys know who Roger Waters is at all? Yes. That's the guy from Pink Floyd? Yes, sir. So, oh, and let me get you guys in here to monitor. Boom. And I'm going to make y'all look good. Hold on. Get you guys. Boom. So I've been going nuts on this video because I love it so much because we're talking about, you know, Twitch and, and censorship and, and all kinds of, you know, like, 
there's so much being blotted out. And I love this video with Roger Waters here. So let's watch this video real quick. Nope, that's you guys. Okay. Here we it's go. It's us. <laughs> this, this is something that I actually put in my folder when I came out here today. You have no idea what it is. Nobody does because it arrived on the internet to me this morning. It's a request for the rights to use my song, Another Brick in the Wall 2, uh, in the making of a film to promote Instagram. So it's a missive. <laughs> it's a missive from Mark Zuckerberg to me, right, arrived this morning with an offer of a huge, huge amount of money. And the answer is, fuck you. Oh. No fucking way. And I, I only mention that because this is an, an insidious, it's the insidious movement of them to take over absolutely everything, you know. So those of us who do have any power, and I do have a little bit, uh, in terms of the control of the publishing of my songs, I do anyway. So I will not be a party to this bullshit, Zuckerberg. We want to thank you for considering this project. We feel that the core sentiment of this song is still so prevalent and necessary today, which speaks to how timeless a work is true. And yet, they want, us, they want to subjoin it. They want to use it to make Facebook and Instagram even bigger and more powerful than it already is, so that it can continue to censor all of us in this room and prevent this story about... Julian Assange getting out to the general public so the general public could go, what? What? No. No more. Not a mass. Zuckerberg features in my new rock and roll show. I've got him sitting... Oh, no, I shouldn't tell you. But, but, but he does. But you think, how did this little prick who started off by saying, she's pretty, we'll give her a four out of five. She's ugly, we'll give her a one. How the... Did he get a, any power in anything? And yet here he is, one of the most powerful idiots in the world. Fucking Roger Waters, once again, fucking just laying That's it pretty. down. Um, what, I love that. Uh, I love that he had a personal message from him. Like that's so intense. Yeah, yeah, a personal message from him. In in and and like, oh, we fucking love your song, and let me use your song. I I, I fucking love that so much. But what are you saying, you know, about this sort of censorship? And, and, and in this particular instance, they were trying to do a, 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 a I don't know what it was for Julian Assange. Um, uh, but but, you know, like what he's trying to say is such a real thing. And it, and it comes back to just controlling words and controlling what you can and can't say. And and um, I don't know. How do you guys feel about the direction in, in censorship, in, in, especially when you see artists getting targeted? You know, I try to keep it to the music, you know, like the, you remember when the Dixie Chicks got canceled because they were yeah. against George Bush and shit. And, yeah. You know, and things are happening like actors and, and musicians are getting canceled nowadays. What, what do you think of how sort of the the what what the what social media has become and um, how it affects sort of how you look at the world and how you express yourself in those in that context of of you know censorship and cancel in the in the world of being canceled and such so 
I've been arrested like six or seven times in my life in real jail. (laughs) And I have never been in Facebook jail. So I'm going to (laughs) start off saying that. I've never been Um, in Facebook jail. (laughs) I think that the internet is a rapidly evolving technology. And I think that there, we should be giving people a certain level of grace. I mean, I can't possibly be judgmental of people or cancel people because I literally have three felony convictions. So it's like, you know, I, I clearly, I believe in second and third and fourth chances. Like people are raised differently. Um, you know, and there's a certain level of what, of what is acceptable socially that I do to a certain extent, like fully agree with, I think that like political correctness can, can be important. Uh, and I think that censoring hate speech is important because making people feel unsafe is essentially the cause of fear and fear is the cause of violence in every case. Like every time, you know, a violent outburst happens, it's out of fear in one way or another. And I think People using hate speech sometimes don't realize that they're evoking fear in other people when they're saying it. They don't realize that what the words that they're saying do cause deeply unsettling emotions in other people based on different people's personal experiences. So, I mean, I have such like, you know, uh, an opinion on it where it's like, yes, I think it's important to a certain, certain extent, but also like, we need to be careful with the internet, like, and, and making the internet and, and the real world the same, cause they're not the same. And something that somebody says in text is not going to come across the same way as it would in person. Um, there's people that have said horrible, horrible things to me on the internet that they wouldn't dare say to my face. Right. Um, because people are trolls, especially this year, you know, like, and it's like, but I think censorship on the internet, it's like, it's still, it's still a process. I don't agree with cancel culture necessarily. Um, but it's also like, it depends like what kind of person are you painting yourself out to be? If you're, if you're like the social justice person, like that's who you are. And then it, it turns out that like all the stuff that you're doing is is like not perfect. Like you act like you are, then yeah, you need to be called out because you're, you're putting yourself on a pedestal of perfection and telling people that they need to behave like you. And you're not, you're not taking your own advice, you know? it's, I think everybody just needs to be more humble. Like, Mm. like we need to stop like running around, like being the moral police. And instead we should like gently call each other in and be like, Hey, you know, like this is probably not cool to say, you know, and, and just try to be a little bit like everybody just needs, you know, I'm very much kind of a hippie on this (laughs) world peace. Like everybody should love a little bit more because we're all the same. Like it's, it's, you know, I I grew up in like a rural rural suburb of Illinois, and I've spent many a days in in the the west side of Chicago, and I can tell you from like very different areas, like everybody everybody's just got fears, and if we all just stop being afraid of each other and start like asking more questions and starting starting to believe that there's like good in everybody, instead of looking for the problems that everybody else has, and and how we're better than other people or how like you know, how we need to like, like, instead of focusing on that, if we focus more on just understanding each other, I think that that would be better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, um, personally, I think cancel culture is, uh, it's just overused. Mm-hmm. I think it's missing its mark because it's being applied to like very petty things. I think, 
I think cancel culture is great for certain types of things that, you know, um, you know, someone's an admitted rapist or pedophile. Yes. I think cancel culture is great. Yeah. Fuck Bill um, Cosby. Cancel fucking Bill Cosby. It's just, you know, I think, you know, time and a place is same with, you know, a lot of, a lot of vocabulary, but I, I, I have, I think it's important. I think you have to reach a level of wherewithal or intelligence to understand that the internet itself is a third party. It's, you know, like, like a plugin when you're using, uh, when you're like engineering something, I know this is kind of techie, but like, no, that's cool. you know, like I'll, I'll reach for a plugin, which is an effect. It's like, yeah. if it's like a third party thing, I have to reach outside the computer to get it, yeah. to access it. And it has its benefits. And then sometimes it's a horrible idea, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think, but we're falling into this thing where the internet is everything right. and it has to be, it's a tool. It's something, you know. That, that and not now that being said, I'm completely addicted to it. I am it is the <laughs> worst drug I have ever experienced. I, I'm attached, to, I feel lonely without my fucking phone, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm mo- I'm like, I'm this is the first step is me acknowledging it because I'm starting to really realize, <laughs> like, I'm no serious. Though, like, I know, I know, I know, but it, and it's hard because I live in kind of like a digital world, you know, yeah. like I'm trying to be an artist, you yeah. know, that's independent so it's like i don't have what other universe am i going to put my shit in yeah i mean it's digital social commentary too so (laughs) a lot of what we do so right yeah exactly like i mean i'm sure the hypocrisy is super thick on my end here but but it's like because i do acknowledge it and it's like you have to know understand that everything on the internet's not true yeah you can't you know you can't and i'm the worst at that and it's like but uh yeah so um yeah, I don't know, man, because it's not going anywhere. So I don't know. I don't think it's about a matter of buffering it or something because no, it's it, a matter of like acknowledging it for what it actually is. Right. I think that's what we the approach. Yeah. And, and I think that there are some benefits in, in the way that like people are, um, you know, are being more mindful. Right. Like you're, it forces people, which I don't like the idea of force, but like it does sort of force people to be a little bit more mindful about what's coming out of their stupid faces and, you know, like, it, it, there's nothing wrong with educating yourself about the people and you're fucking around you. And, and and that's fine and dandy. But it's like, but I think it gets dangerous when you're when when it's it's who's controlling what can be said and, and can't be said. And I think the best example we have of that is this whole lab leak thing. Right. Like. Like last year, if if anybody put lab leak on YouTube video or on Facebook or anything like that, it was immediately removed. And there was and it's because Facebook and 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 they they act as arbiters of truth. And and when and I get and I get what you're saying behind that, Sue. People act like it's fucking it's their it's their home. It's like they're at home and they can just say whatever they want. But I, I do think it is more, and you said it's more like being in a park in a public space. And even though it's owned by, so so we're being we're we're so dependent on these fucking these apps. We're dependent on Google, and and they are controlling what information gets to us. So again, going back to this lab leak theory, they equated it to being racist against Asians, and then fucking fast forward six or seven months. 
now it's one of the main theories of what happened. I mean, there's so much evidence pointing to it. And, and what's dangerous about it is that we could have been, we could have known about this last year. We could have started working towards something that, that uh, could prevent the next pandemic because of this gain of function research. Instead, they said it was a fucking, it was racist to even mention it. And if you even put anything online about it, it was taken down immediately. So the danger lies in who's deciding what's real and what's not. And I get it. I don't think people should be allowed to just say the N-word on Facebook and, and that's fine. I, I get it. But there has to be some sort of clear moderation. There has to be some sort of clear rules because it's at this point, it's like at any time for any reason, we can just take you down and we don't give a fuck what's going on. And you, you don't get a say in court. You don't get shit. And when it turns out you get, uh, when it turns out that this information that you labeled as misinformation, medical misinformation, turns out that it's, you know, it's really possibly looking like it's the truth. Um, I think that there's a huge danger in that. And, 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 you know, you can apply that across the board to, you know, racism and all this shit and, 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 uh, you know, and gender, all of that shit. It gets very... It gets really dangerous when you just have certain people making decisions about what can be said and what can't be said. And it, it just, I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it gets a little wonky out there. And I, I know behind that suit has a lot to say about this. Uh, let me see. Freedom of speech as you have it doesn't exist here. America entered the rest of the world in this context and the Internet is not the USA. I frankly don't support the degree of freedom of speech you have on some Canadian culture norms. Like every other country has kind of censorship. Yeah, but that's why the Canadian dollar is fucking sucks right now. <laughs> that's why America's dollar is better than yours. I'm just kidding. That was a stupid. I don't that, think is our dollar worth anything. No, it's 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 on its way out. Uh, okay. <laughs> Bitcoin is. We're gonna we're gonna start joining the ranks of uh who what South American country just uh, adopted Bitcoin as their main source of currency. It's like not Argentina. It's a. Uh, Venezuela, not Venezuela. Um, anyways, there's a, we might as well. Uh, the pound beats yours. Uh, they have censorship. Look, I, I, I'm a firm believer as, as an artist that we should be able to express ourselves. And it's really sad. I had this conversation with an artist who was on the show and we were talking about things like this. And she was like, oh my God, I was so happy that we were able to talk about it because I don't feel like I ever get a chance to talk about this on what I do because I'm afraid to drive people away. And I get that. And it's like, well, shit, like as an artist, we fear expression and that there's just something weird and wonky about that. I don't know. How does this fall on your guys' ears? I've been just rattling off all this shit. Please. I mean, personally... I, I don't, whenever it starts to lean into politics, I just shut down because, like, I, you know, so, um, yeah, I just got off the streets just a handful of years ago. Like anyone that wants anything, wants to know anything about what I think politically should be, should really be concerned about why they want to know what I think politically, because I don't even know who the fucking president was. Yeah, for the last but as an years. artist and as someone who expresses himself and as someone who com comments on the culture that you participate in, don't you think it's. You know, don't you think you do actually have some opinions about this? Um, I ha I have I know how I, I can only talk from my own experience, of and I think I feel like that comes through a lot of times because, like, there's no doubt that I have I have felt um, kind of bullied mm -hmm. by by things on the internet and kind of like 
I've had to like think twice about things when I normally wouldn't. Um, there's dynamic shifts, but I mean, as far as like as censorship goes, like that's what I was talking about earlier about wherewithal and intelligence and kind of understanding that it's a third party. Mm. And I feel like I've seen all the same things you were talking about happen, mm. but I don't understand why if I reaffirm it for the fourth time, how that's going to change anything is in these conversations about it. Like mm. I'm talking about wherewithal, like, yeah, it's happening. Mm-hmm. It's definitely happening. Like I don't, but I don't understand what they're because if I talk about it any more than it always seems to get political. Mm-hmm. It always seems to like pull things out right. that I feel like initially aren't um, that have anything to do with the topic. I think there's definite censorship happening. I I think I acknowledged it over a year ago. It scares me. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I do not believe in censorship. Um, <clears throat> as far as like someone controlling the information that I get, I feel like that's always been the case. But now it's just more that 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 dynamic is more transparent now because mm. I feel like we just all went through something pretty traumatic as right. an entire world. Mm. And so I think, I think a lot of people that may not have the same political opinions can come together and agree about a lot of things. And I'm really hoping that happens because when you get outside of the politics and you realize that there are some really scary people controlling some stuff. Yeah. That's, that's a conversation to have, but once it goes back into politics, it's really hard for me to, to talk. So I don't know if I answered your question or anything. The, the identity politics thing definitely is part of the issue. Mm. Um, it's, there's so, there's, there's so many layers to this with the censorship and everything. I know that some of these arguments online, they, they, they escalate. They, they've like negatively impacted people's lives to the point where they're getting fired, the point where they're like mm-hmm. losing things in their life. And, uh, you know, that's, that's one reason to have censorship is to prevent divisive behaviors and, and general hostility because I'm sure the lawsuits from having people kill people that they got mad at over social media is like probably pretty nasty for companies like big tech. Um, is there a sinister vibe about the fact that they have control to just take down whatever they feel is necessary? There can be, if you look at it that way, you know, I personally don't feel comfortable having every conversation on social media. I don't really like everybody to know exactly who I am. And and I found that I can have very deep conversations with people who are very different from me in a setting that is comfortable and where everybody feels safe and where the gloves are off, Hmm. you know, on social media, it's just the internet. Like you don't know what people are going through on the internet. The internet is a place for lonely people. It's a place for hungry people. It's a place for people who can't sleep and people who have things they're trying not to think about. So I think that mental illness is a huge factor at play in all of this. You know, if I'd like to think that the world is a good place, I can say that. Um, I definitely went through a phase in time where I was like, this is, this is weird that they're censoring so much. Um, But, you know, I don't know. I guess I don't have a feeling strongly about it one way or the other. It just, it just makes me sad. Everything that I saw this year, like I spent too much time on the internet and I saw too much. I saw too much of people just being nasty to each other. And I heard people say things 
to each other and about people that I would have never expected. Like people that I had great respect for talking about like how much they want a specific person to like die horribly in some like horrible way. And like, or like, just like say like nasty thing. Like, it's just like, it's, it changes the way you see people when they start like, you know, seeing that like that part of them that's just like it's just hateful and you know it's misdirected too like you know the reason they're really saying that doesn't actually have anything to do with what they're talking about it has everything to do with the bad thing that happened to them earlier this week the amount of stress that they're under because they haven't got a paycheck in however long because the government didn't get them their unemployment time or their identity got stolen or something you know like lots of bad things happened this year and a lot of people went went a little bit off the deep end myself included yeah, I mean, me I, I had to quit smoking this year. Um, I mean, it was a long time coming. I've been smoking since I was 14 years old, but this year, I mean, it got to a point where the cigarettes were taking over my life. It was like, it was like a hard drug. Like I was smoking hmm. so much. It was affecting my skin, my singing. I couldn't really sing anymore. Like it was like, I, I started getting like, uh, TMJ and I had to get multiple teeth removed and I had to get like a fake tooth put in like from just the stress of all of it like the mental illness that I was dealing with this year and the constant the constant stressors that I was dealing with and and the the fear of other people and just like all like just like absorbing all this hate and everything and like to a certain degree like I, I have reached like a point of where like I am a little bit like yeah like if people get shitty at each other like like kick them off the internet, like make them get off so they can go get help. Cause that if you, if you are at a point where you're, you know, you're like going down like rabbit holes. Cause that's the thing too. Like people need to be more self-aware. Like, honestly, mm. I, I find I, I have a pretty high IQ, you know, I'm, I have 136 IQ. That's like relatively high, but I also have to understand that I dropped out of high school with a 0.006 GPA. Um, my junior year. And I never even passed a math class. So to a certain degree, like, do I have the right to be publishing online what I think is going on in the world? Like, is it really good? Because there are people who are going to listen to me and take me seriously. And there are people out there who respect me. And as a public figure, I need to understand that even though I'm not like a huge artist or a super well-known person, I think it's very important to a certain degree to like, know what what is my place to tell people and what isn't if that makes sense yeah no it does i mean it's basically it's like what what what's the point <laughs> it's like why why and, and like what 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 tony was saying like you know us talking about it isn't going to make a difference and 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 to that i say yes because the more people that talk about this shit and the more people that are aware of what's going on i think the more that people start to listen because I mean, look at what happens when when people all do start like these pylons. Uh, companies change their whole their whole the whole way they operate because twenty people on Twitter said that they are racist. So I think that if we could pile enough people on and fucking and have people be pissed off enough that we could fucking turn this in a, in a new direction to where we do get uh, I don't know get the internet that we want or and that we had like I would love to have the internet a la fucking 2013 like that shit was tight it was the wild fucking west <laughs> you know and and like again i'm not advocating for people to say horrible hateful things on facebook which they already do anyways but but there's just so much hypocrisy to all this and there's just so much uh just deep down dirty down low bullshit that's happening and and it fucking pisses me off so yes i do think 
that it is important that we talk about these things in a public forum because people actually do feel like this. People, I'm not the only one who feels this way. And I know behind that suit is like, hey, fuck it, you fuck freedom of speech, I'm Canadian. I love you. I love you, Holden. <laughs> but it's still, fuck it, it's something that I think is worth fighting for. And I think that we need to have these open discussions and be able to talk about these things and call each other out and call each other on this bullshit and cancel the people that do need to be canceled. Not because they fucking were in, 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 in blackface for Halloween back in 2006. That's fucking... You know, like, no, not because of that. It's like because they were rapists and they were fucking awful and they're terrorists or they're this or that. It's funny that Facebook will, will take down Donald Trump but allow China to fucking talk about how happy the Uyghur slaves are fucking uh, picking cotton. It's fucked up. How, what kind of fucking moderation is that? What kind of fucking, what is that? That doesn't even make sense. And look, I'm not a fan of Donald Trump. Fuck Donald Trump. Get him out of here. But the fact that you're going to have, you're going to take down Donald Trump and allow the Chinese government to fucking be happy about fucking, that put their propaganda about fucking their slaves picking their cotton. Like, they're happy to be, fucking, what was it? It was like the women, the Uyghur women are happy to be, um, uh, uh, what is it? Sterilized. They're advocating because the Uyghur women love to be sterilized because they don't want to get pregnant out there in the cotton fields as slaves. So, you know, yeah, I do think it is pretty important for us to talk about it. Um, but, but I, I can understand where as you guys, as artists don't feel like, like, why should I talk about it? And I get it. And I appreciate I mean, you guys I participating. Have, I mean, I don't want to spread myself too thin because I have like, again, like what I, what I know, mm -hmm. like, um, for instance, prison reform. I'd love to talk about that. I was prison in prison. Reform. Yeah, I, I absolutely saw saw what everybody's talking about mm -hmm. when they when when they talk about the prison industrial complex. I get it. I, yeah. I totally understand. I understand it more now than I ever have. I bet. And I, that so that's something I could go really hard and talk about for a while. It's just when it's general stuff. Like I just I I can't do it. No, yeah. I think taking taking a stance in general. Yeah, it's 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 like it's murky waters now because. There's so much, like you said, identity politics now where it's like people want to like put you in a box yeah. too when you talk about stuff publicly. So you have to be like somewhat careful because it's like, like, like I don't like subscribe specifically to all these viewpoints or all these viewpoints. And I don't identify as this or that specifically. Like I'm just a person with thoughts and I'm kind of trying to figure it out in my own way. So it's like, you know, there's just, yeah, it's the whole, the whole thing has gotten very weird. I, I like that we can say things in our music. You know, if you, if you listen to our most recent release, our EP, there's a song called Mockingbird on there. You played the, one, one, uh, zero, the zero, one, one, zero, one. I love yeah. that song by yeah. the way. And, and like, I even wrote that down because I wanted to talk about that because of the subject matter of that song. Um, I'm sorry, please finish what you're saying. I, I just got excited that I knew a song. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, the, the subject matter of that song is, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot. It was written over the course of a couple of years, actually. Mm -hmm. um, that song is, it's about the internet. It's about censorship. It's about posturing. It's about so much. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's funny. I'm basking in the fact that it has aged like a fine wine. Uh, we released it a year ago uh, and uh, the lyrics, biochemical contagion is their fault and we should blame them still apply to the headlines today wow. because it's the same kind of clickbait 
crazy headlines like going on where it's just like this cyclical thing, you yeah. know, yeah. because I do. I remember when when the, the, the right was talking about all this stuff because I, I saw that news. So, you know, mm. they weren't censoring too much for me because I saw that and I'm right. generally liberal swinging in my my past political endeavors you know so i did you know i read all of it i read everything because i was intrigued i'm like what's going on here why does everybody have such a different perspective of reality and how come these people all seem to have the same perspective and these people all have the same perspective and these people all have the same perspective but Mm -hmm. it's all completely different yeah and you know we got really into like really trying to like figure out what was going like what the malfunction was you know over this past this past whole thing you know, as much as being in Chicago and there was riots and protests and everything, and we listened to the police scanners and everything, like in real time, we sat there all night, and listened. Um, and it's just, you know, getting the perspective on everything. And it's just like, everything is just, it's all wacky. Like every, everybody's just trying to make money on these news yes. articles and everything now where it's yeah. like, you know, they're everybody, Fox news and CNN on all the sides, every side is doing it. It doesn't right. matter. It's like, there's very few news sources that you can trust is actually going to tell you things straight versus like being like, you know, this big thing is going on and it's an emergency that you should know right now. Like, you know, and it's like, I feel like, yeah, like this biochemical contagion thing, like it happened then it happened here now, whatever, like, let's just like, I wish people would just start talking more about information and, and less about inserting their opinions on things. You know, that's maybe where my little headstrong opinion on all this stuff goes, because I got really lost this past year. You know, yeah. I started going down paths that didn't make any logical sense because I thought they did because I was getting information from this. And it turns out that this information was all wrong and made up and just just no no sourceable information. I just like, you know all of it. And then, yeah, social media, people, people posting about stuff that they don't even know what they're talking about. Cause they want to like appear a certain way or they, yeah. they want to like, you know, and it ends up getting all mixed up in people who are actually trying to do stuff. And I don't know, man, that's, yeah. but that song was like, it, it was, it was cool to do. Cause it was like finally a release of this, this like over information, like internet culture, like extreme thing that was going on. And we were able to talk about it in a way that I think was pretty, down the down the middle you yeah. know we didn't really want to take take a stance either way but and, and you know what and i respect that and i can respect tony's uh you know because from tony's perspective is like i've said all this shit through my music why would i say it again you know like i you guys express yourself this is how you guys express yourself at your best you know and 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 i get that from artists who are like look we talk about this shit all the time it's just this is how we talk about it and and i can respect that i'm actually going to play uh, Hi, oh my god i'm sorry everyone that was awful everyone sorry about that um i'm going to play the live mockingbird underneath us while we uh while we talk here just so you guys dex thank you so much for that sub you know what i got to catch up you guys um mighty mighty you have gifted some subs so let me get you going There you go. Mighty, mighty. There's mighty. Dex! You're going right here, baby. It's hot tub. It's a hot tub stream, so you know. You're right here, Dex. Hold on. Let's, let's jam this for a second. Thank you, Dex, for that sub. Thank you, Mighty Mighty, for subbing Leon Lounge, Jay Bartholomew, and Kosi. I appreciate that. 
right, let's turn this down. Anyways, we're back. I just wanted to show a little. Thank you, Dex. There you go. Hot tub stream. It's a party. Um, so I'm going to actually stop this because I'm realizing how much I'm going to just start listening to the lyrics <laughs> and not listening to what you guys are saying. So let's, uh, uh, for that last, for that last one, for this last conversation we just had, we are getting, oh, damn. Out of here. There it is. Canceled. <laughs> that oh, was, no. That was stupid. That was Great. so stupid. <laughs> so if I sub, I get a song. Yes, Leon Lounge for Cypher Deluxe. I'll do a song for you, uh, but that's after we're done talking to our friends. Uh, we should probably talk about the Escape Artist, by the way, since we're here. <laughs> uh, that's the new EP that is out from our friends here, uh, Broken Robots. And again, let me throw your guys' links up in the in uh, in the chat here. Also, anybody on the audio end, all the links are in the show notes. Sad Boy Summer. No, I, I'm going to work on Sad Boy Summer, Cartagena. Uh, that's something I'll have to do over the next couple weeks because I got a busy couple weeks coming up. So I am going to do Sad Boy Summer. Ah, Talanya, welcome, welcome. Good to see you. Welcome in. Can we get a shout out for Talanya, please? Um, anyways, so Talanya, hope you're doing well. We're having a hot tub stream here. I would do it shirtless with my in my bikini. But it's at the cleaners. Uh, but I am doing subs on my arms. So there you go. We're, we're still continuing the, the journey. There you go. Anyways, so tell me about Escape Artist. Um, uh, that's a very fitting name for, for, for you know, a couple of people who've been in, incarcerated. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh -huh. tell me about the album. Tell me about the EP. I'd love to hear about so, it. Love the production, uh -huh. by the way. Pr production is amazing. Thank you. Yeah, we do everything. Um, we had a uh, mastering engineer, Matt Leffler Shulman. He does some really cool stuff. He also does like ice, he's done some ice cube music and stuff. Oh, nice. So that's cool. Um, but uh, we had the mastering engineer do, do mastering, but we did everything else. Tony has been engineering forever. Um, it's his greatest passion. He's a perfectionist. So that's really, you know, most of the production notes come from him. I'm actually... I'm the one who's got like kind of the, the East coast rap influence. And I, I do some of the sampling on, on our stuff. I, I love that. Uh, I, I do love that. And, 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 uh, you know, I, I, I hope you don't take this wrong, but it, like sometimes your, your cadence reminds me of Blondie is, I don't know if they, oh, uh, rapture, like I get the, I get Blondie uh, vibes sometimes. But I, I do dig that. I do dig that. Uh, that uh, the the sound. And you said sample. What do you guys sample? Where are you guys pulling from? Our own stuff. Oh, okay. So you so you just like will record a drum beat and then resample it and flip it. Well, and we'll take like, like a melody that we've like created, and then a lot of times like she'll sample it. Like she'll basically like like one time I took uh, a broken accordion that one of actually one of our coworkers uh, at the time had let us borrow and we like recorded doing some weird stuff to it and then like ended up reversing it and then stretching it out and pitching it down and adding like a fake trumpet to it you know <laughs> uh so That's yeah dope. we use just like you know a couple different plugins that are sound banks you know expand i'm sure people are aware of that probably tony doesn't want me telling people that we use expand but we do use that sometimes why <laughs> I, at, at one time i wouldn't want you to now it's kind of a flex but why why, why though why wouldn't you want people it's archaic it's just 
archaic. It's just old. It's just old. Yeah. yeah. Like waves. Wait, I okay. feel like waves is getting <laughs> left behind right now too. I don't know. If waves. Know. Yeah. I mean, I got a bunch of waves plugs. They're they're nice and cheap. Mm, yeah yeah they do the job yeah they do Good old. the job all my shit was fucking all my shit was was stolen anyways so i was just whatever. What? I, I had things <laughs> oh oh <laughs> no 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 not like that i i i stole all the software because i'm an asshole oh, <laughs> no not all my stuff was stolen and i was i was gonna say i can relate but i i I can't relate. Right, totally right. Like, yes. That, oh. I I never had pirated software ever. Exactly. 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 We don't believe in that. Ever. Allegedly. We're um we're good people. Ever. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so. <laughs> so ever. Okay. Yeah. Um so yeah, the yeah. but anyways, uh-huh. you, you guys like to sample your own melodies and and sort of flip stuff and you I love it, like like the drums. I really like your guys' drum sounds. I really like your bass. Like the bass always sounds like I I fucking uh, Talanya. Oh, I see. Leon Lounge, you gift. Thank you so much for gifting Talanya that uh, gifted sub. Thank you so much. Welcome to the 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 Fresh Fam. Uh, I never got to do this for you guys. So here's 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 this for you guys for those subs, by the way. Hello and welcome to We Speak English Good TV. I'm your announcer Seth Rogan. Uh, now everyone put your doobies in the air or your hands together, <laughs> whichever you prefer, uh, for your host, uh, Mike E.P. Yay. Thank you, Seth. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So, so what, what, I, you know, you guys, I said earlier, like how you guys sort of your, your genres sort of jump around a lot. Um, and you know, like from hip hop to pop rock to, you know, to 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 I, I, reggae apparently. Uh, so so have you guys found that this is Im- impeded in 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 uh, like growing as a brand? And I hate to use those words. I'm sorry, but like growing your band, growing notoriety, uh, has having these like multi genres all in one thing has that hindered you guys in any way in in, in moving forward as a band? So it's actually cool that you you say that because we were just having this discussion the other day, uh, Tony and I, we were talking about conceptual stuff and music and and what we're going to do next and and what we've learned and all that stuff. And, and, you know, there is something cool about the fact that the escape artist has a video for every song. That is cool, by the way. And every song is its own universe. Mm. And, you know, nothing's quite the same, but they're all kind of tied, you know, like they're, they're all like, we, we went really hard on production for all of it. Like mm. we went, you know, and it does, it takes a long time to do it, do things like this. So one song could take three to six months to finish. I mean, we've, we've had songs in the works for like multiple years. Wow. And, um, I think you know so we we might we might be experimenting with our writing process um we've we've been experimenting uh with me on drums Mm. and Tony on guitar and Lonnie on bass and that kind of helps us do like riff stuff but we're gonna we're gonna go even further than that and, and maybe try to write a little bit more uh organized in the near future but I mean I don't really you know regret it I think I think it's it's led us to where we are now. We've got this really cool sound and we're kind of going in this direction, you what know, do you mean and, organized. Uh, what do you mean organized? What do you mean by that? When you want to go forward, you want to write a little bit more organized. 
like were you not organized you know. when you were writing before um anybody i think anybody who knows tony and i knows that like organized is not really (laughs) our thing we are like we're like chaotic neutral energy you know like that's like what we are (laughs) we're trying to reel it in though you're trying to reel it in we would like one organized i see yeah (laughs) so is this just the way we're trying to reel it does is this just the way things come out, or is this a uh, like this multi genre? Is this just the way things sort of form for you guys, or is this a concerted effort to sort of just be you know everywhere? It it's natural for us to just just make a song, and you know we have like multiple projects that are in the works at any given time, and a project being a song, you know, and and we'll have you know a lot of the times half the song written and maybe we'll go back in and we'll, we'll start really vibing on it and we'll just finish it. I mean, and you know, uh, it's very flow. Like there is no, there's no organization to it really. (laughs) um, We have such different influences even, you know, because uh, with our ages too, we have different points of reference as far as what, what's good, you know? And so, (laughs) um, you know what i mean yeah it's like, I do. Uh, so um i feel like it it, we, it does kind of kind of come naturally but here's the thing i've been in other bands i've been in a pop punk band so mm. like i know i know what the what marks to hit when i when i used to play in bands like that like the goal was to fit in this cookie cut like th- like you would have a feeling when I would play with these kind of bands, like you would know when you were hitting the mark, like this is it. This is the fucking genre. We're nailing it. Right. right. Now, when we do, like when I, when we write the moment, we feel like we're really falling hard into a genre. We get the hell out. Like we don't, we don't keep pushing it and say, yeah, this is good. Like, Mm. well, we get in and and then we try, we don't want to go too far. So we kind of have governors, I think in our brains Mm. when we think it's going a little too far on something. And it's like, well, we go any further it's just going to be this kind of song we don't really want to do that so there's definitely some kind of effort going on but it's kind of unspoken yeah mm-hmm. it's uh it's more about the vibe of the songs as it is but but we are yeah we are going to try to maybe you know maybe we'll try doing something more conceptual down the road mm-hmm. you know i mean this is conceptual but it's also it's just you know it's going through life over the course of a year and a half yeah. We wrote those songs over the course of a year and a half for the escape artists, all five of them. Mm. And every single one of them is related to mental illness. A lot of the songs are written in like an introspective type of way where it's processing things. And, and, you know, in that way, it, it is a conceptual piece, but we could go even further. Maybe we'll go even artsier, artsier than that. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Maybe we have, maybe we have a super artsy music video in the works right now. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Well I, I do I do like that. Um I, I that's really interesting. So so then it hasn't really hindered like growth for the band or or like booking gigs or like you know because I, I imagined I imagined that yeah so just the opposite that's awesome um yeah you know like because sometimes when you get like dean's a good example dean's band i don't know if you guys are aware of dean's band uh rover but like when i see them (laughs) playing around toledo 
they a lot of times they get lumped up with hip hop shows, you know, because Dean raps sometimes. So so he ends up, you know, it, it, you get like a bunch of people who are rapping over. They're doing, you know, hip hop karaoke. And then and then here comes Dean and the drummer just goes and then rapping scream rapping <laughs> so and that's actually how i met dean uh but uh the you know so the, you know i was i was thinking in those terms as well so have you had any trouble like pairing with other bands around town or any anything like that getting booked um i think like the most unlikely acts are the ones that we connect with the most mm. and they're all different genres i think that's a cool thing we yeah. don't really fit particularly in anything like i think at first the scene kind of like put us like we kept getting booked with like indie female fronted acts mm. and it like it kind of worked and then we started getting booked with like you know, punk bands and that kind of worked. And then we, you know, we got booked with electronic bands and that kind of worked. Like everything kind of works. Like, right. so what we've ended up doing is we've kind of like, now there's like, we have our own scene kind of surrounding us. That, and we have a lot of different acts from different parts of the scene that we work with that kind of come together. You know, like that's, we're going to be doing some, some stuff with some rap features coming up. Oh, dope. Uh, from local acts that we're really, really, really big fans of as rappers like our like some of our top favorite local rappers we got to work with on some stuff including actually you know you bring up rover uh including uh one of their tracks we, we got to remix that and we, we got a rap feature on one of those so oh hell that's, yeah yeah that's gonna be really cool uh but we yeah we i think we all like like in the venn diagram of all the music that we like when tony's got his taste in music i've got my taste in music lonnie's got his taste in music like we do all kind of meet in the middle on you know certain certain types of alternative and certain types of hip-hop and uh certain types of electronics so uh i think that's really like we, we've kind of figured out as a band like what we all really like like what it is like how we can get like the like every one of us individually into these songs you know that that's mm -hmm we're all very in control of our own stuff too. You know, like Lonnie is very like big on his bass tone, his like bass sound, like how he's going to play this for, for this song and, and what he's going to use. Like he's very involved in that. That's all his call, you know, yeah, you and we, you at the tell. end of the day, it's a democracy. So if Tony and I really hate it, then we, we can be like, all right, can you like do this a little bit or whatever? Mm -hmm. But honestly, most of the time Lonnie just nails it like on the bass tones and like that's his world you know he does keys a lot of the time too sometimes he'll come up with like a basic drum drum beats and stuff um and his he's got his own daw that he operates out of and he sends us cuts and he's over here a couple times a week and and you know we're all just very involved in, in writing that way but yeah lonnie holds it down with the bass and uh tony does guitars he does a lot of drums he does a lot of per percussion stuff are you, are you, stuff. When, you, when you guys are doing like live gigs and stuff are you you guys have a lot of like like backing traps do you bring like your laptop or something or do you have a live setup we have tracks uh -huh. um we don't we don't have a live drummer at this time it's not something completely out of uh out of the question we're kind of like when we find the right person we'll find them we're yeah. not like outward looking for it we use tracks we yeah. uh tony tony mixes the tracks they sound pretty good usually wherever we go yeah um you know, some people are like, you guys would sound better with a drummer. And we're like, 
cool. Yeah, and you'd sound better like somewhere <laughs> else and not in front of me right now. That's, yeah. that's yeah. how I what, usually what, react. When are you guys playing? Yeah. yeah. What, what <laughs> yeah when's your, your band playing? What cool. your going to be on the radio this week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Leah Lau just throwing his dick around. I know Harry <laughs> Matt. Holler at your boy. Uh, so there you go, guys. Uh, if you want a uh, uh, if you want a plug right into Harry Mac, hook up with the Leon Lounge, and uh, uh, there you go. I can't speak for Harry himself, but Leon can. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you guys are actually playing in Toledo, uh, yes. July sixteenth. Yeah. Um, hold on, I got I pulled it up for everybody. Boom. There it Boom. is. There Boom. it is, everybody. Is you there? Are, oh, good. You are invited. Oh, nice. Yeah. You're invited, folks. Well, anybody. I don't think anybody really is in Toledo here. This is all over the world. So nobody in Toledo <laughs> watches this this live stream, but uh, uh, I will definitely be helping and promoting this from my end. And this is uh, Broken Robots Live at the 16 or 6010. And it's free. It's a free show. <laughs> Cookout cool. provided and uh, a cookout. Uh, so there's food and everything. So, uh, That's so great. Yeah, oh, there is people like, local here. I'm such an asshole. There are people local here. Never mind. <laughs> like dick. it's like in a field. It's cool. I think we're gonna play inside uh, this time. Oh, last nice. year we played in the cul-de-sac, and then we like we blew up the generator because <laughs> we're so we're so rock and roll. We're so, so far. fucking hard. Well, <laughs> I love that. I love it. Sounds like yeah. Woodstock. I do a decent size. I do. <laughs> I do a decent size dick. Oh, <laughs> uh, there you go. There you go. Throw it around. Throw it around, Jesse. Throw it around. Let the folks see it. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways. Uh, yeah. So it, the escape artist is, is out now. It, it, you guys can definitely go listen to that. You guys should definitely stream it. It's right here. Um, it's really good it's a really good I ep I we, li we listen to it what what is like we like we straight up just like listen to our own music we don't care like my I wife is the same way my wife that. is the same way me too though i listen to my own shit a lot just because well i think that there's something to be learned from it i, I, I know you guys are joking i get it uh, but but like there is something to listening to your music and learning from what you've done. Like I've learned, I like I've, yeah. I've 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 you know recorded something like five years ago and been like and just listened back to it just you know on a whim, and then all of a sudden be like, oh shit, that oh that I could re this could come back, this could be something else, you know. So there is something to listening to your own music, you know, like just picking up on certain techniques that you did. Uh, you know, learning. We're always learning, but it also seems kind of icky when you admit that you're just sitting there jamming your own music, right? I, I mean, oh, I, we're, I'm not lying. No, I, I don't care. I, we're literally like, yeah, me have, too. Like, I'm not lying. Like, we're like, I told you, we did like a rap feature with somebody. You know, like we have a CD in the car, and I'm just like driving through the neighborhood. Just and I'm bump like, bumping it. it. Like, fuck yes. Look, if I don't you're not care, bumping you know, your really own music, I think I'm awesome. <laughs> 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 fuck yes. Oh my god, that's loud. Sorry, guys. That was rude. There we go. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I've had a wonderful time chatting with you guys. Same. It's gonna be a hot boy summer. It's gonna be a hot boy summer. It's gonna be a hot boy summer. 
gonna be a hot boy summer. so much broken robots i really appreciate it you guys are so cool cat and tony uh, again go check out broken robots all the links are in the show notes uh, go support these guys they are hard-working artists and they deserve it that go to brokenrobotsmusic.com and check them out uh and of course go like them on all the social medias and uh, the links are in the show notes. So go go do yourself a favor and, and get on board with Broken Robots. Uh, also, I would like to say that Hot Boy Summer is out today. So go and check it out, won't you? And then say yay. Okay, I tried to do a freestyle rap there, but that was bad. Um, I, I need you to go and, and just stream the song a million times. Put it on repeat. However you gotta do it, just let's make it happen. Let's just let's just see what happens. It's gonna be under WSEG, and I will have a link in the show notes as of next release of the podcast. So you will have an easy access to the shit. Okay, uh, that's it out of me. I'm done. I, I need to move on, folks. I'm sorry. I have so much to do. I have to communicate with people and, and talk to therapists and do a bunch of stuff and moderate. So I am going to leave you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Have a great weekend. I love you guys so much. Uh, be good to your fellow human beings. HJs for everybody. All right, guys. Bye-bye.